All right, today is Thursday, June 22nd, 2023, and you're listening to, well, it would be the Ask a Christian podcast with host Nate, uh, but today my Ask a Christian podcast had some technical difficulties, so you can catch the replay on Clubhouse if you can figure out that one. Um, but in the meantime, I jumped ship and went over to my friend Will's channel again. He was hosting a show, and he was gracious enough to let me use the video from it. So now you're going to get to watch that, which was actually a really interesting, long conversation, basically the regular podcast, but someone else's channel with someone else's topics. So um, you'll get to hear it. It was a lot of fun. Um, so it was fun being a guest there. So I hope you enjoy this. It's uh, a lot of the regular religious discussion type chats, uh, you know, God being the omni-properties, omniscient and omnipotent, uh, you know, all that stuff, um, while also there's evil in the world and, you know, free will and, you know, the run of the mill, but from different people. So I think it's fun. I had a good time. Um, if you would like to hear more of the Ask a Christian podcast, consider donating on the uh, support link and chipping in a few bucks. Anything helps, and that will be able to um, allow me to upgrade some equipment so I don't have the technical issues that I experienced today. Um, every day, because <laughs> it's only going to get worse. You can also grab a coffee mug or a t-shirt, support this podcast by uh, grabbing some gear, and you can also check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon if you like, and please share these links with uh, friends, social media, whatever, whoever you want to annoy with this stuff. Um, anyways, and by the way, if anyone would like to submit some questions, go to askachristianclub at gmail.com, email that address, drop your question or topic of interest if you don't like the things you're hearing or would like to hear something different. And if you would like to be a guest, maybe for a one-on-one um, with the actual video, um, that would be cool too. I'm trying to uh, transition a little bit and get away from audio for people that like to see uh, my, my ugly mug too um, and do this maybe on YouTube Live or some sort of streaming platform to um, match some faces with the voices. Um, if that would be a little more in-depth, something you guys would like or find beneficial. But I can't do any of this without your help and continued support. So keep this thing going. Um, I don't actually have advertisers or sponsors or whatever that is because apparently I'm bad at marketing. So all I can do is ask for donations and say I appreciate it. So thanks a lot. Enjoy this podcast and we will talk to you later. But I have, I've made an observation about Paul that I, I, since I've got you Christians in here, Mm-hmm. Paul was his writings were some of the earliest to the time where Jesus actually lived, right? Mm-hmm. Not 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 an eyewitness, but but right there in the same time period, and he's talking about you know Christ, you know uh, resurrecting and all that. But I notice that he doesn't talk about the miracles of Christ, and I'm wondering why he wouldn't when the later writings, I mean that they are focused on it and keep expanding on it. Uh, if y'all could help me with that. Well, his and I'd whole like to conversion give, story was... There he is. Go uh, ahead. I was going to let you go first anyway, Nate. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, I mean, his whole conversion story is a miracle of Christ. Like, you know, you don't just get fish scales on your eyes for no reason and have a guy pray for you and have them fall off and, you know, see Jesus on a shiny road. I mean, so, I mean, his whole conversion um, was a miracle. Okay. Okay, I'm going to have to it. give you that. I have to give you that. But I, I, I'm talking about, like, um, I guess because he never met him, it, it just seems like it would have been something that was shown to him about the things that Jesus did and said. Well, you know, he, so that he, he did say, technically meet him. Well, I mean, the whole point was the, the conquering of death. So, I mean, that's that's the real relevant part. To, I mean, because everybody else is just going to say it's a bunch of parlor tricks anyway, then why even bring it up as opposed to the real reality that from But now someone wants to deny that he rose from the dead. And obviously that denies the entirety of Christian religion. 
Yeah, and I, think, I mean, we're, we're calling resurrection a miracle, right? Because Paul talks about that a whole lot. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, so Paul talks about a lot of miracles. I mean, you know, resurrection from the dead, I wouldn't say that's not a miracle. I'd say that's pretty, pretty much counts. So, <laughs> so this is interesting, right? So look at, look at what Paul was, right? Look at him for what it is, for what he is. He's a man that understood, um, he knew, what, three languages? What I remember. He is familiar with... Um, uh, obviously, Jewish culture, um, Greek culture, um, the, the the Roman culture and politics, right? Um, he has a wealth of knowledge, and he, you know, and at that time, um, the Romans had access to, you know, most of the world at that point, right? And so, he was perfect. He was a perfect tool to the gospel. He was also an intellectual, a very smart man. He could engage in debates and stuff like that. And and so, I think that his purpose is to is to allow for the spreading amongst not just normal people but also the intellectuals and applying a specific type of structure for the existence of churches. I think if you notice his, a lot of, a lot of his letters, they're written other churches and to elders to, uh, at other churches right um and, and and while doing so i think his focus was um a lot on the practice and why the practice of um of being a christian is important right versus focus uh, you know versus focusing on the miracles and necessarily why the miracles are are relevant I think that was his job, based you know, just based on what I've read. To and me, then I think Paul, it's strategic. To me, Paul's epistles are just basically commentaries of the main four gospels. And to me, I haven't read about how much he had the encounter with Jesus, but I'm not simply gonna go with the deconversion syndrome kind of trope because he was a Christian till the end for what remained of his life. But yeah, I mean, now that we're having this discussions, yeah, I'm seeing this in different angles now, and it's just gonna bring me to the top of the mountain, so to speak. So I really appreciate this panel for not actually killing one another as as the things I've seen. So I really appreciate this. So I, I appreciate no. this. Yeah, I mean, we're, we, we like to try to get to the bottom of things. Mm -hmm. I, I just- Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was I was just gonna say, are you not Sherlock Holmes by any chance? Since you like to get to the bottom of things. Hmm. No. Okay. Good. Deduction. <laughs> it was actually induction, even though he says it wrong. I just personally kind of made me laugh. Brilliant okay. deduction is actually a, a so many jokes. So many jokes. Oh, All right. Yeah, so, I, mean, um, I, I see the whole Paul thing, meeting Jesus on the road, kind of like a ghost story. Hmm. Like the ghost stories Grandma used to tell me when I was a kid. To scare you if you don't hit to, uh, get to bed in time? Yeah, I had those too. <laughs> no, just little stories. Uh, who's going to tell you a fucking ghost story and then say go to bed? 
Yeah, but you see oh, the difference really? in induction. Okay. If it's deduction, I'm, I'm already deciding this is true, and now I'm trying to find all the different thing, pieces to put together to prove that it's true. Well, I, 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 want, I want to play this for the Christians here in the room, and I want you to listen to the way this sounds, okay? And, and, okay. Okay, so this is me and uh, Eric Lionheart discussing, and I didn't really... It oh, God, that... That, I mean, uh, yeah. Did you yeah. have an encounter with the dude, um, Mr. Rex? I have been on panels he has come on, and I have tried to talk to him, but he will just keep talking and keep talking and keep talking and will not let you get a word in unless you tell him to actually shut the fuck up. That's his MO. Well, I mean, yeah. if you listen to it, like it, he has a very unusual way of... of uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's he the way to put filibusters, it. He filibusters with anecdotes, but what what sounds like lies, like big old fat stinking lies. But then he, mm. but, but the other thing that he has in common with a, a lot of the Christians is his approach to the things that I'm saying, and it's mm. and it and it's right on line. Like it's just maybe a little different flavor of what you what I've been getting regularly now since uh, I've been deconstructing. Well, I'll tell you what, William, since you're giving me another piece in the chessboard, such as knowing his cadence of dialect, if I ever encounter the man again, I may know how to approach this thing. Well, good. Uh, he's got a, a droning type of voice when he talks. Oh, I've Go ahead. Heard that. But this goes back. This goes back to my thing about dealing with the elderly, and you know, I, I wasn't as respectful as I probably should have been. But I think that what he what he was doing, whether he understands it or not, is insulting, because he 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 starts this off. Well, you'll see. He changes his tone. He, he gives me the the script, and then he changes his tone, and then we get to what is typical amongst my interactions with Christians lately, except for 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 you fine gentlemen, the Jews and the Hebrews out to be. I like to the Gentiles, but they got caught up in their election and they became haughty and arrogant and they never, they rarely reflected God. And unfortunately, and this is the when they were grafted out and the church was grafted in, the Gentiles, the rest of the nations grafted in, we soon <laughs> followed suit. The church, the Gentiles have been no better at reflecting God. And I say that to our shame. And it's because of this, I believe with all my heart that many a people have not found their faith in God. Now this I want to say also, that if you've walked into a church and been a part of it and been a part of the Christian faith, but then you backed away, I want to let you know the scripture talks about a group of people that said, Lord, we were in your church all the time. We did this, we did this, we cast out demons even. Why, why are we not entering in? The Lord said, I never knew you. So you see, this is more than just our name on a church door, my friend. There, there's an actual experience that a person can have with God. And we can actually know God, just like we can know one another. We can have a track record with God and know that we can trust him. My track record begins when I was just a baby and healed. Okay, so this is just, he, he's doing this, he's going to continue to do this. I'll probably skip so, a lot of it. It is he, storytelling. Yeah, go ahead. He, he believed before he was capable of believing. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. 
that 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 sounds like a that sounds like gnosticism like what so what eric you're telling me that the things of the bible were just instilled in your head and god simply waited for you to pick up a bible that's not how that works man i mean i mean the the entire analogy of 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 the of verses like if you're not like as innocent as children you will not see the kingdom of god because the thing is Children by nature, they're innocent, and they, and whether it's good or bad things, it has to be taught to them. This is not. This is not. This is not basically. So, so his parents him. told him that there's a god because you made it. You through leukemia. Bottom bottom line, that was what he was told throughout his mm -hmm. life. Yeah, I, I've heard of this. Now, I, I would say that's beautiful. Like, if you found Christ through that, then yeah, could yeah, it could be his working love and providence. But then again, an anecdote can only hold so much weight because, I mean, I guess even for the panel, the atheist won't see it that way. Then, miraculous deliveries of all sorts all my life. But there's yeah, such a thing as reaching out to in faith. is in medicine that did it. It was God. We can talk Come again, about Rex. that later. I don't Oh, sorry. I was just saying it wasn't the doctors and nurses and medicines that healed him. It was God. Well, God you're going you, you, but, to... But see, that's part of his little testimony because the God that heals his hand uh, later also you know, tells him that if he tries to give anyone else credit for it, that he would die. Oh, yeah. I've heard that story. Yeah, I've heard uh -huh. that story. Yeah. yeah. So... I'm just trying to keep that in mind, you know, when, when he's telling me all these, these stories or whatever, that this is the loving God that, you know, <laughs> but he's like, if you don't give me credit for, for healing your wounded paw, you're a dead man. Uh, that just. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a loving and kind. God. Jeez, yeah, dad. I want to uh, go on too far. I want to give you a chance to respond. And uh, I just want to say again, thank you. Thank you, Will. And thank you, uh, JG. That's All right. Well, thank you for that, Eric. That was a fine opening. And William, when you're ready, you go ahead and take the floor and open yourself. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm William Freeman. I go by a lot of different names. William Freeman, uh, Maximus Recunicus, uh, Big Jennifer Garner, Half an Onion Bagel. I've got a lot of different names. But um, I appreciate uh, uh, being here, I guess. I'm not sure exactly what we're, we're on about, but um, that was an interesting opening, Eric. Uh, not sure if there if there's something that I need to respond to in that though. Well, that, well if you want to if you want to go ahead and open with where you are, I think Eric was trying to oh, say I'm where he wasn't. Yeah, I'm, I'm oh, a okay. So Eric has, has professed his his faith in the God of the Bible, and you're professing that you're a theist. If you wanted to maybe disclose a little bit more information on that, or if that's all right. You want I, to I believe there's a God. I, I don't have any actual evidence of that other than the patterns uh, that I see in the world around me. Um, and a, a deep instinct that I, I can, I mean, I trust it. Um, and, and I feel like I've been guided by something for a long time, but uh, I may have been overly presumptive to assume that it was Yahweh uh, for, for well, all my life. Uh, okay, if, if that's the extent of your open, that's that's fine. Um, I don't I don't feel the need to, to, to just, you know, vocalize for no reason. I'll respond to things that have okay. to be asked. Fair enough. We can move into a uh, we can move into the cross examination. Um, since well, I, I could actually offer a thought on his his response. Uh, there's a uh, there's good news for you, Will. 
Here it goes. Okay. <laughs> yep. Here it goes. Every every everybody who has ever like had a conversation with someone who thinks you're an atheist knows where this is going. <laughs> like it is. Oh, like I'm I'm face palming right now. I'm like shit. He's gonna do that thing where he knows me better than I know myself and. Yeah, cross-examine you on hours on end. Yeah, this is I know where this is going now. Good news, Will. I'm just gonna sit down here and cross-examine you over and over and over again. Hey, Will, you remember the other day in Brojo's stream, we had that guy come in who was uh, like a half black Hebrew Israelite or whatever. Yeah, remember that two guy? liter J, two liter J. Yeah. Yeah, man, come on. Come on! Oh, no, man, I'm not just gonna go off on him. Just that's that's a whole nother ball game right there. That guy's not okay. We'll we'll do that later. Then we'll do it you, later. His it's approach just, was is totally different from your average Christian. He's basically gonna tell you yeah. if you're white, then you're doomed or whatever. Oh, that's a whole new approach. Here was the reason I brought it up because he came into the room on the assumption that we were all somehow atheists, and none of us were. And that just seemed to like throw him off his rhythm or whatever. And that's when he started calling me Alabama and shit like that. Yeah. Arkansas, it was, I believe. Arkansas, it Arkansas? Okay. Yeah. Nate, uh, you still with us? Oh, I'm here. Oh, no freaking okay, your, uh, your your avatar. I don't know if you changed or whatever, but it, it it's not showing again. Oh, you don't maybe it's you don't see me. No, we see no. you, but you don't have your avatar on. Yeah, the yeah. avatar yeah. shows for me. Um, yeah, it, it, it that. Yard, little thing. Sometimes you just have to change it and change it back, and it'll it'll show. Oh, okay. So yeah. I mean, Mr. Clockwork Rex, I want to be I want to be sympathetic towards you. Did he literally just called you Alabama? Uh, well, that J guy, that J guy did, or Arkansas, one or the other. I can't yeah, remember. I was, I was why I don't want to talk about J. That's why I don't want to talk about Jay because people are going to assume we're still talking about Lionheart and they're going to get him confused. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> they're going to be thinking okay. that Lionheart's a black Hebrew Israelite. Because I'm, ah. I'm getting like I'm getting like racial or stereotypical connotations when you when I hear the word Arkansas and Alabama. It, it was meant to because that's what they yeah. do. If if you don't know any, yeah. about the the black Hebrew Israelites, that's a, it's a kind of a racist cult. So. Yeah, okay. you should, kind you, of. You should debate them. They're, oh, yeah, kind of. <laughs> kind of. Like they're not racist against everyone. I mean, if you're if you're white and you admit to being a slave as their footstool, then they'll be all right with you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that's what you're going to be in heaven, apparently. If, uh, if well, they're, if they're right. Well, I'll tell you yeah, he, what. We, uh, he was uh, trying to imply that I was racist just because of the way I sound. That's what he was trying to do. Not talking about Eric Lionheart, by the way, if anyone just tuned in. We're not talking oh, yeah. about him being racist or anything like that. Yeah. Well, Eric, Eric's arguments and the tone of voice and the way he presents himself reminds me a lot of Darth Dawkins. Well, it's condescending, <laughs> and, and, and they don't. I don't think they understand that it's condescending. You're talking to me like I'm a child. I mean, I, I know this tone. I've been in the church for, mm -hmm. for over a decade. Like, I know what you're doing right now. But, I mean, I let him do it because I, this was – but remember, this was just supposed to be introductions. And I was like, I don't huh. want to talk any more than I need to about it. You know, let's get to cross-examination. I got questions. And he's like, well, I think I can respond to what my introduction do. You need to respond. You need to review or, or uh, like, uh, take this time to proselytize in my introduction. 
Pineapple. Can I can I say something real quick before you go? I I do find it interesting, um, and this is not the first. Is this? I wonder if this is taught where where whenever someone engages, well, specifically a Christian would engage someone. One of the first things they they tend to address or kind of throw out there is this is this idea of just merely having faith, right? And and it's like even it like it, it's not a situation. You did not at any point say you didn't have faith or anything like that. But the assumption is always made that this person didn't have faith or like doesn't have faith at all or like right. never had faith like I, it doesn't dude i mean like if if i could i would if i'd have had a way to film myself breaking down crying to god uh yelling at god re-humbling myself laying uh, you know uh prost- prostrate on the on the ground and everything and all this praying like i believed as much as anyone did i dedicated all my children to okay like i i, I did you hit yourself with the cat of nine tails? <laughs> I, I, I experienced plenty of guilt for doing things, you know, because I was legalistic at the time. But what, I, what I'm saying is the assumption is you didn't believe or you didn't believe in the right thing. And that's why you're able to walk away. But shit, if I'm a dad and my and my my son's like not he doesn't know me that well, but he's sending me letters trying to get in touch with me and he, he doesn't spell my name right. I'm, I'm not going to get upset and go, ah, well, you've got something wrong. I can't talk to you. you know? So what, what were you expecting to happen? That's probably a really loaded question, not inadvertently, but what were you expecting to happen that did not happen that caused you to decide that this is all fake? I didn't say it was all fake. I said that the, that the, that the Bible is, is, uh, is not something I can trust. Your faith just isn't strong enough, Will. Not in it the never Bible. Will. No, not well. See, there we go. Well, the question was, what, what was there, or was there not a specific thing that, or, or set of things that you thought was was supposed to have happened, and then they didn't happen at some point, and you were like, this, this just. No, I, I think I've seen, I've, I've seen more miraculous things than than most people. It seems when we start comparing stories, and so I won't deny that I think that there's something supernatural. I just don't. I think it's cultural that I ascribe it to Yahweh because it's what my culture and what you know members of my family have have said. This is the guy, and all the other gods are fake. So. <laughs> so I, it's just, and, and that was just the beginning of my journey. Whatever it is, was meeting me. I think where I was at culturally to get well, introduce me to concepts that weren't foreign. Go ahead. Well, first of all, uh, bless your heart, Will. <laughs> Going to the concept finger alert. Just, just kidding. Anyways, <laughs> um, but, but no, I mean, you know, you you got a pretty level head on your shoulders. I've known you a long time. Like, you know, um, you probably sat through lots of painstaking conversations about culture, and you know, if you're born to a Muslim culture, you're going to be a Muslim and all, all that other stuff. I mean, uh, did it take you, how long did it take you to ascribe that it must be cultural why you believe that? Cause I mean, it seems like, you know, that's one of the first things people address and it's like, well, am I this religion because actually, all my happened, friends and family are actually it happened during this dream. I didn't even realize that that was, I mean, it came out of my mouth and I was just like, yeah, that's, that's really, I mean, you know, one of those things that I didn't overthink it and it just came out and I'm like, huh, you know, that's, that's, I think that's what happened. Oh, well, I mean, I would, I would think that, you know, to the person that 
I don't know. I think a lot of people kind of address that pretty quick. And I think a lot of people, you know, who say they're religious or whatever, and I, I just left a room full of, you know, what, what we would probably all consider like, you know, good Christians, good Muslims, good atheists, and also very crappy Muslim, one in particular, a very bad Christians and very bad atheists. So I, I just left a mixed room full of all of those dynamics. Um, but I mean, a, a lot of times, and some of them were a mixed match of, you know, they were born into a Muslim country and all their stuff. And, you know, they got death threats because, you know, they decided that their religion they brought up with was not true. And um, anyway, so like me, it, it's like, you know, if you can trust yourself to do anything, like if your instincts have given you pretty good feedback and you're not wrong a whole heck of a lot. And when you are, you're quick to recognize it and change. Um, you know, you're probably pretty, it's probably okay to trust yourself. So for me, I had to have that conversation. I'm like, well, am I just a Christian? Do I believe in this God because of my parents? And, you know, I promptly, because I was kind of a jerk as a teenager, promptly like sought out other religions, other belief systems, stuff like that. And I'm like, ha ha, I'm going to stick it to my parents. Let me find something I can hit them with. I'm like, maybe Buddhism. Um, I know not a religion, but, you know, um, and then I looked at like some, some occult stuff and things like that. And it wasn't very long. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't think it's because I was brought up this way and my family raised me in a Christian church. Um, I really believe this resonates with me. So as far as the Jesus thing, I guess me and my parents agree on. I'm just going to have to find some other way to make them mad at me. And I did, plenty. But so that's, I'd say that. It's like when people really analyze what they believe and why they believe it, that's where you start seeing things change. And it's like not everyone is a Christian just because they grew up in a Christian household. Not everyone is an atheist just because they grew up in the Netherlands. It's like when they really start questioning what they believe and why, that's when you see atheists, you know, entertaining God and becoming Christians. And their parents are like, what the hell? Well, it's just for that. And it's like, just for that reason I left the faith. Right. So, I mean, it's yeah. sure. And I'm not saying let's, it's a monolith, right? That's where you see a mix and match. But the, the common denominator here is when people start thinking for themselves, because a lot of them, I think that more than not, it's not just because they're born into a culture of religion or a lack of religion that people are those things. It's because for a, a lot of it, mortality isn't something they consider when they're 13 years old or 25 years old and living high. It's whenever you start really thinking, okay, is this really true? Because it's easier to go along and get along. Like, you know, if it's good I, enough for my mom, I'll, I'll shut up for a second. But if it's good uh, enough for my mom, if it's good enough for grandpappy, then it's good enough for me. But it's like, well, is it? Whenever you really start thinking, like, I don't care what they thought. I want to know what is true. And they really start exploring for themselves. That's when you'll see people like crossing cultures, crossing religions. Doesn't, doesn't mean it's true or not. It just means they're at least hit that thing where they're thinking for themselves. And it's no longer no longer acceptable just to go along and get along. I, I wanted Hillary to be a martyr. Yeah, I wanted to be a martyr when I was nine and ten years old. You know, if I uh, if someone would have offered me to strap on a suicide vest, you know, for Catholicism, I would have done it in a heartbeat, because that had been pounded into me ever since I was a little kid. Suicide and bombings I, and Catholicism. Being a martyr for the faith, oh, okay. yeah. Um, e but but like the Crusades and that, we were always taught how wonderful all this is. The one way to get into heaven for sure isn't to have a righteous life or do anything like that. You know, it's to become a martyr. You know, it's it's interesting because, you know, I, I was, I'm sure most of you will, who know me, will not consider me a religious man. And I think that's always been the problem. Um, not that I'm necessarily saying this is exclusive to Christianity, but I think that's one of the major issues with Christianity, the religiosity of it. Right, people are focused on uh, the uh, to focus on the ritual aspect of it versus the actual practices that would be associated um, practices that are grounded in love. 
right? And so, you know, I think well, because of that distraction and people embracing the religiosity and, and even spreading it to their children, um, you know, you have people literally, um, you know, when they, when they gain a particular understanding, I can see how, how that can shatter someone's faith. Right. Or essentially just, you know, put them in a, a strange, a strange place where, where they don't even really know what to believe. Right. Because they are still considering the otherworldly consequences of, you know, the belief or lack thereof that they hold versus the actual, you know, practice. The way how I see it is, you know, the same from you know, Bob Marley. You know what life is worth. You look for yours on earth, right? Take your head out the heavens. Focus on what's on earth, right? If you're if you are within Christ and your life reflects that, you ain't got to worry about going to heaven. <coughs> well, going to heaven, you know, that's that's a whole other thing. Considering, but that's you know, be you know, being by the side of Christ. Call it that, right? Um, in the afterlife, or, or you know, after the resurrection. Well, I haven't heard a whole lot, William. I mean, I haven't heard a whole lot since I've been here. What twenty minutes um, of reasons like ag against Christianity because of Christ? I mean, maybe it's too easy. Maybe it's like I don't believe it because authorship or something like that. But I mean, it seems like I've heard a whole lot about Christians and how they follow Christ. So did I come in late, or I mean, I, I mean, I would say don't for a second like base anyone's belief on a practitioner of that. Um, so, I mean, is, is it just too quick to be like, well, I don't believe the Bible or I believe like, I guess your position, you believe in some kind of God, but not the Bible. Um, but then plenty of reasons other than how Christians are crappy. Okay. Well, no, not all Christians are crappy. Like I've met I've, some of the best people I've known in my life have been Christians. Like I don't have any animosity towards the people themselves um I well no no well i guess it was like your your re the reasons kind of seamlessly go into what your problem with like the god of the bible or jesus is and then it kind of seamlessly flows into how christians have like you know made bad arguments or said stupid stuff or you see where i'm going not not that you have a problem with christians yeah my, some... my problem with christianity begins with the the earliest church fathers <clears throat> and even the, the 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 gospels themselves and that's that goes all, all the way back uh, through the Old Testament. Like I, I believe it's a, it's a tribal religion that's been um, revamped and reshaped multiple times, and uh, Christianity is is kind of an offshoot from it. I don't know that the things that Jesus said he you know that he actually said or did. Uh, I don't know that he was resurrected. I, I believe that solidly for a long time, but like I can't now say that I have enough evidence to to go, yeah, that's what happened. So if he did do it, that's awesome. And, and that would be like my greatest hope if, that somebody would take, you know, this punishment from me. But then when I look at, at really all a lot of the myths or whatever, like the Christian myth puts blame on the people for doing something that they really had no other choice but to do. And God, even even if everything about Jesus is true, you can't call God just because the person that didn't do anything is paying for everyone else that you know. So he's not he's not being just. 
and I don't think you find him being just throughout the Old Testament. What was people doing? Nothing like Jesus. Well, I mean, we're told we're saved by saved by grace through faith. So I mean, you know, there's justice and there's mercy and there's grace. So it's like you know, I mean, if people want justice, great. uh, You know, proverbially, you know, shake your fist in God's face and you'll get justice, which is you know, paying for your crimes. Christians call that hell. Well, okay, crimes. Grace. Crimes. You said crimes. Sins. Sure. Okay, now how are sins crimes? Like how? Think about some of the things. All of all of the sins have the same death penalty, and in some beliefs. Uh, eternal torment, okay? And these can be as simple as adultery. These can be any of these things. If you do these things and then don't later on go, Jesus, take my place, then you're, I mean, if you don't do this one work of, of accepting this gift, regardless of whether you're just not in an area where you could do that and not be killed, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to burn in hell forever. It's it's insane to think that God could be that out of proportion, you know. What do you mean? It, it like okay, so let's say that you 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 do worship another god, because most of the world has worshipped other gods besides Jehovah and or Yahweh and Jesus and all, you know that that. Okay, so most of them are all kinds of fucked. Sure, sure. That's just. Well, right? don't be. Well, I mean, and this is, I mean, this is what I'd say, right? Like I would hate for someone because, you know, I mean, I, I think like the gospel is pretty clear. Like it's pretty difficult to mess that up. Most, most people who are Christians would agree on the salvation issues, like the big stuff you must get right. But from there, it's like the reasoning and justification and the argumentation for how to get to these positions. It can be all over the place. So, you know, I'm certain. I mean, I, I feel pretty good about my beliefs and that's why I have them. If I, if I thought it was wrong about, you know, some doctrine or something, I would change it. So I would no longer think I was wrong. But so, I mean, if we're talking about like the reasoning behind God and like understanding God's mind and knowing all this stuff, I would hate for someone to like, you know, have an animus towards this God they may or not question or believe exists um, for faulty reasoning. Well, no, wait, wait. In the Bible itself, there is plenty of reason to dislike the God of the Old Testament. Now, I find no fault with Jesus, really. I mean, but the God of the Old Testament, it's a psychopath. And you can't – the things that are said, the claims that are made about him do do not fit with the actions of the God. Like there's 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 a lot of lip service about his his justice and his, his kindness and his fairness and his um, – um, um, what are some of the other – his power. You know what I'm saying? Like his – His jealousy, his, his vengeance, his wrath. I'm, well, all the omnis are really – I mean that's – yeah, but you you have his wrath and everything. You have loads of examples of his wrath, and it's okay. and it's indiscriminate at times. Like it it there's so much collateral damage, but then when he chooses, like in uh, the the killing of the firstborn of Egypt, he can be extraordinarily specific and, and selective. But he doesn't. He a lot of times he doesn't choose to be. He just and he doesn't even try to find other ways to do things. He reacts with wrath in a moment, almost hastily. He was about well, to do it to the children of Israel if Moses hadn't have talked him out of it. Well, yeah, but I mean, that kind of gets back to what I was bringing up earlier, like the reasoning. Like if someone thinks like, you know, Jesus, he was just about to do it and then all of a sudden changed his mind. I mean, that right there, for everything after that, that premise has to be correct. Like, does God know stuff before it happens? I mean, I think so. So, I mean, that, that may not help this case, but I mean, you know, he would have had time to premeditate it. But I mean, so it's like if God doesn't just change his mind on a whim, 
Um, and he knows, so he knows the Israelites are going to disobey. He knows what people he's going to have on the earth swallow up and not. Um, I mean, that either one of those premises would have to be correct. And then it's like, well, what's the reason? What's the possible reason for that? Like, you know, is it, could it be a greater good scenario? Like, you know, they're following him, but if they go astray, they're going to end up in, I don't know, hellfire forever. So he just kills them all to bring them home. No, I mean, no, you would say, okay. Before if they we don't switch have direction, to... can, I, can I ask a question? I mean, well, before you do that, I just want to excuse myself now. I got to go to sleep, but thanks for having me here, William. I hope to catch you again. Big love, Boki. All right. Later goodbye, everybody. Bye. Never mind. I'll, you guys continue. I'll save it. I'll write it down, then I'll save it. Well, if you can still remember it, go ahead. I forgot mine. Go ahead. So, who said that... Um, Never, never base your um, ideas of a of a religion off the practitioners. Who said that? Oh, uh, that'd be me. I think that would depend on the religion at hand, right? Um, if you have a god that claims to change people who accept him, and that these people will be recognized by their works and by the light shining through them but nobody who accepts him resembles this <laughs> then i i think it's fair to have some questions well i mean first of all i'd say it's you, i mean it's not it's completely incorrect to say nobody resembles this i mean you know out of a couple billion christians there are plenty of people who resemble this new change in life in christ um but i'm saying if someone says they believe god or whatever and don't live like it i'm saying you shouldn't base your God belief on this person who's doing everything the religion says don't do or don't do or being a crappy person. So but they're not basing things. their God well, belief. Well, they're basing their, their, <clears throat> their idea on which God it can be. And if that God that changes people is failing to change all these people, then I think questions are reasonable. Well, right. That's two, there's two things though. One is the first thing I said. And the second one is like, you know, we still have this, we still have our fallen nature. So we're not going to be perfect. Like I've, I've probably messed up a couple times a day if I really thought about it. Um, oh, no, know, I didn't well, say perfection. Nobody said no, perfection. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm trying to get to my point. I'm trying to tiptoe around so I don't keep getting stopped. I'm, I'm just trying to get to the point. Um, the point is when Paul talks about, you know, the, the thing I do, I don't want to do. And the thing I don't want to do, I end up doing. Like wretched man, who will save me from this? And he goes on to say thanks in Jesus. But that means like it's, it's a progression. Like it's a walk. It's, I mean, Paul literally says it's a race. Um, so run this race. So the idea is, you're, you're, if you were a, if you were a decent moral human before you found Christ, chances are you're not going to see a whole lot of outward life changes. You'll still That's, be a decent. I, I don't mean it that way. So I think you're missing what I'm saying. Um, and, and that's because you and I don't know each other, and that's that's fine. So I'm not saying that there aren't good examples of Christians or good examples of people living what they believe. I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. I was blessed to know some of the best of them, in my opinion. Um, but in knowing them, I also discovered something else. A lot of what made them these wonderful, beautiful people is part of who they were. And they would have been that same person with or without God. Right? So my thing is, is, is not so much that these people don't exist, but if your God is reported to be changing people and I see no change, 
only tools for justification, then I think questions are reasonable. I'm not saying that that should inform your conclusion or sh should should be the entirety of what what forms evidence for your conclusion. But if that's something that causes questions, I don't find that an unreasonable thing. Well, I don't think questions are unreasonable, but uh, um, so you said a lot. Let's see how much you can remember. Um, you, you started with the part where if God changes you and supposedly changes you to make you a better person and you're not, that should make questions. Sure. And the answers to some of those questions instead of, oh, well, God's fake. Christianity is fake. I mean, sure, throw that in there. But some others could be, are they the ones who left us because they are not among us? Is it like all these people who say, I thought I believed, I really believe, but now I, it turns out I never was a Christian. I know not having other people say that for them, but having them themselves be like, you know what? I believed it. I believe the hype. And, you know, they were a crappy Christian while they said they were a Christian. And you're like, wow, your God was supposed to change you. But then like 10 years later, they're like, you know what? I know I was never a Christian. Like, I didn't believe it. I just, I went, I fell for the hype of it. I, I fell for the music or something. So, I mean, there would be a whole, and how do you know which group of people are, are those or going to be those? So I would say, well, it would be wrong to say God didn't really change this person's heart. If even they are saying, yeah, I, I was in it for a couple of years and I realized it was all just in my head. I was never really a Christian, but then we're pronouncing judgment on God for that. But the last thing no, I'll I say is, I don't mean those people. I mean, like how many hate preachers are there, right? Like completely dedicated. And you can say, yeah, they're, they're not a true <clears throat> Christian, but, but that's fine. They're, they're using, they're using the same book to prop up their things as everybody else. Right. And they can sound just as reasonable doing it. And they can say the truth came from my Bible. And so when you see all of that, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's fair to have questions. Especially when that change seems and I agree with no change and hateful. Well, I agree with the questions, but it, it seems like maybe we're putting different weight on questions, like questions and not like immediately jumping right to the red line of, you know, God is fake and or bad or something. Instead of having, quote, questions and going right up to that line, just looking for a reason to take one more foot over it, like questions, like, yes, let's include that as a potential and also all these other reasons. But ultimately, like, two more things. Let's see how quick I can do this. I don't want to take up too much time and they have to run. But ultimately Christianity is not about more morality. Like there's a morality component to it, but primarily it's, it's not about making people good and bad. It's about making dead people alive. So before we get to morality, if people say, like you just said, how, you know, people who it, it, it was within them to be good people. Um, so it wouldn't matter if they were a Christian or not. I agree, but that's not the ultimate point of Christians. The ultimate point of Christian is we have this dead spirit. That's the claim. And it's about going from death to life more than is going about from bad to good. So you could be a good, decent person, but if you are sp still spiritually dead, that's the problem. Um, so and what then does we, it look like? I'm, I'm sorry, uh, Nate. The last time we spoke, you, you had we ran out of time too. <laughs> but any clarification? What do you mean by dead to life? What does a spiritually alive person look like? How can I? How could that be demonstrated to me? That makes it you. unique. That makes it unique to Christianity. Oh well, I mean that's kind of two questions. Um, well, the thing I was about to say is we still have a fallen sin nature, so we're gonna we can like push God aside and be like, okay, we're still gonna be selfish. That was what I was gonna say for the other thing. But for your thing, uh, nice to see you again, though. But um, Good to see you. So the Bible tells us we have ultimately only God knows the heart, right? But the Bible says, you know, by your fruits you'll know them. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, meekness, faithfulness, self-control, like these type of things and the life of Christ. So if mm -hmm. you transpose the life of Christ on top of said person and they seem like they're more like Christ than not, 
um, that's that's a good indicator. Ultimately, it could be a facade. God knows the heart. They could be evil to the core. But could a person outward, not be? Could a person not be those things and not be a Christian? Uh, I think that's a double negative. Could a person not? Okay, so a person could not a person be, those be? Could a person be those things? I'm sorry, and not be a Christian. Could not a person be patient, loving, yes. kind, caring, yes. and not be a Christian? So yes. that's why I'm saying, what's the difference? Why do I need Jesus? What's that extra stuff? Well, that's the that... whole thing I just said. So, so it's not about it's not about like the outward appearance. It's not about like this moralizing religion. It's about if you are spiritually like if you have two people, right? They're both mm-hmm. just as you said, probably like you, probably a good moral human being by by all secular accounts. Um, you're patient, you're selfless, you know, you're kind, all, loving, all this stuff. So if you have two people just like you, and you know well, under the you. Christian, par- well, I mean, as much I'm not as I really know, selfless, you seem- but <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> anyways. So Thank just t- just take the the ideal that, that you would talk right. about, and both yes. of them are exactly the same. They're non Christians. Well, one is like you know what I read this in the Bible. Jesus says we must be born again. Whatever that is, I'm going to take a chance and pray to this guy and be like, okay, Jesus, you say in the Bible, I need to be born again. I will you know try to follow you. Stop doing what I know I shouldn't do. Um, I'll learn about you. I will try to follow you. Make me born again. Give me this eternal life you say you'll give us. So um, I want mm-hmm. to follow you. And so effectively, they're a Christian now, right? So we believe under the Christian paradigm, their spirit, like God gives them a new heart and it makes them mm-hmm. spiritually alive. So what we would just call colloquially Christian. So now you follow have both you. people. Interesting. Live like Christ. So the point is both people now are, are basically a carbon copy, except one under the Christian paradigm is alive in Christ, is a Christian, their spirit has, you know, they've been born again, they have eternal life, and the other person who looks outwardly just like them in every way, nice, good person, mm-hmm. um, one of them is unfortunately um, not in Christ, so they are destined for hell unless they change, and the but other it, person who's exactly like them is now reconciled to their creator and going to live in paradise forever. How do you That's know you're exactly that person? But it's not I, exactly yeah. the same. You said, you said, I want to follow you. Meaning there is an action, a difference that is happening, a shift that is taking place. Shift in will. Where is the shift? What does the shift look like? What makes them different? Well, primarily it looks like following Christ, like be a disciple of Christ, right? Like Jesus says, it's not enough like just to believe he is or just believe he's God. He says the demons do that and they, they tremble. So it's to live like Christ. So presumably the two people, right, who are before Christ alike in every way. Good, decent people. You guys would say they're great people. You'll let them babysit your kids. Well, after Christ, what does it mean to be a disciple? Okay, you see Jesus doing decent humanitarian things. Okay, they will both continue to do that. Then Jesus adds this, you know, the follow me, take up your cross and follow me, things that a Christian would do, spiritually related, that the non-Christian, morally just like him in every way would do, is things like go tell tell people about Jesus. Um, You know, things on the spiritual side where the non-Christian, although a good, decent person, would be like, well, I don't believe in Jesus, so I'm not going to tell him, tell them to follow Jesus and repent and come to God because I don't believe that. So that would be an example of something not moral necessarily that the Christian would do that Christ says follow. Uh, so, a spiritual life includes, so a spiritual life includes evangelizing. That's pretty much what you just said. And that's, that's part of the witness of – that's part of the testimony of a spiritual life is evangelizing. Well, that seems to be the only difference of their life. Well, no, no, no. Because, uh, but really the crux for me, because if you were to ask me what would change your mind, bro, Joe, uh, I would simply say, well, do as Jesus did. Uh, and that would be miracles. 
I think all these other aspects of Christianity being loving and, and, and even, even spreading a good message, positive message is not needed for Jesus. I think it comes down to the crux. It's the miracle. It's the resurrection. And why do you believe that such a thing took place? Is it just because it's written in the book? Is it, and I would say it's probably a mix of experience and culture and cultural influence is all involved in that. I'd say that's not but, wrong. Um, I'd say, well, well, but you talked about spreading a good message. Like spreading a good message is not like, I, I, I know you've been around this discussion forever, right? The Christian paradigm is without Jesus, without, you know, confessing, believing Jesus is Lord, you know, the accepting salvation, all this, his death, burial, resurrection, then you're not going to heaven. So the ultimate thing is not just spend, uh, you know, preach a good message. Joel Osteen can just preach a good message about being patient and kind. Oh, so it's heaven and hell. It, it's carrots and sticks. That's what it is then. Well, if it's For true you. carrots and true sticks. Well, no, that's the, that, well, hang on. I think we're getting lost and I'm not sure why. So, Rojo, the most important yeah. thing in this, in this world, the ultimate point from a Christian paradigm is heaven and hell. So the best thing we can do is tell people, about that and how to go to heaven, right? So forget carrot and stick for a minute. I'm just trying to get away from the person who's not a Christian, you said, can sh still share a good message. It's not about sharing a good message. It's about sharing the ultimate point of the universe. Okay, so for you, ultimately, it's about an afterlife then. Well, for Jesus, ultimately, it's about that. Because, right, in 100 years, you, me, everyone we know and love is all going to be dead. So what? Right, yeah. Like, yeah. do we just live a nice, normal life? Mm -hmm. And then that's it. I mean, if that was true, fine, sign me up. That's easy. But I don't believe that's true. So after this, after this life, we're going to continue existing somewhere. So we would certainly want to make sure we're on the right how, side of wherever that is. How do you know that to be the case? Well, ultimately, I believe it. I mean, I'd have to you know, go through the totality of my existence. So you know, I would say I'm more sure today than I ever have been. But like William, you know, apparently he was for a decade. But no, sincerity whatever. doesn't mean anything, but the reasons why, uh, why, why do you believe it's the case that there is an afterlife? No, I already told you. Like, uh, you, I mean, you said it. I said you weren't wrong when you said, is it, is it my experience? Is it okay. um, whatever else you said? Is it, um, well, I forgot whatever else you said. But basically, it's because what I read in the Bible, and okay. yes, I, I do, you know, as much as I've looked at the text non-spiritually, I do believe there's very good evidence why this stuff is actually true. And the fact that there's nobody, um, I mean, it would have to be like on an Illuminati level. If none of this stuff really happened, like the miracles of Jesus and all this stuff and somebody out of all the people that was around during that time, all these writings are going out about the testimonies of miracles of Jesus, his ascension, mm -hmm. all these people saw these miracles and not one account anywhere says I was there. I witnessed this. This is all lies. Like, I mean, it would have to be the Illuminati suppressing everyone to, that there's not one surviving account. So it leads me to believe that short of the Illuminati, um, this really did happen. And just like the Pharisees who, you know, reportedly saw these miracles in front of Jesus, yet they rejected him as God, um, couldn't say it didn't happen. They just shifted and said, well, we believe in the spiritual world, so we can't deny what just happened. Um, it was just the devil instead of God. So anyways, that and then the whole spiritual component. Hey, Nate, can I can I ask a question? It's a hypothetical. Um, if if. If Jesus came to you, right, and revealed himself in, to you in such a way that there's, like, absolutely no doubt whatsoever, and he expresses to you that um, after um, that your ego, as in the persona that exists right now, right, will not exist um, in, the, um, 
in heaven, right? Whichever way that might manifest to you. Um, would you, you know, would you still remain a Christian, right? Because all of the memories and, and, and all of that stuff that makes you, makes you who you are right now, right, to an extent, will no longer exist. So the you now won't exist, right? You'll just be in a different world, um, a better world, right? Um, but you won't exist. So would you, would you still remain a Christian? I'm going to need a second to follow that. Okay, so if Jesus came and no one had a question about it, it, I was convinced this was Jesus, and he said, after the end of this world or when I die, I will exist, but not the way I think? Okay, you, the persona <clears throat> of you, right? Your mannerisms, all of mm -hmm. that stuff, right? Your memories, right? None of that will exist in heaven. So the, the ego of you, right, um, will basically die would you still remain a christian i mean i want to say yes because i don't see what would change like are you saying basically if um like, like that is confusing me it's it's like it, it sounds like quasi related to if i thought when i died nothing else mattered but you're you're tweaking it a little and saying well when i die i will still exist maybe that's throwing me off like is it easier to say if i didn't believe christianity was real okay. would i like do live my life totally different Oh, okay. So let's sim. All right. So I guess let's simplify. Your it. voice sounds I, really familiar, by the way. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Uh, oh, Dean's been around a long time too. I think. Yeah, Dean it's been a while. For a while. You were with time. us on G Plus, right? Oh yeah. What was his name? Yeah, I I was around on oh, G Plus. I, I don't recognize the name. Maybe. Anyways, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So so okay. Let's just change it then, right? Um. Let's say Jesus came to you and said, after death, there's nothing. That's it. You no longer exist. Would you still remain a Christian? Um, gosh, I, I'm not trying to be pedantic. Um, I, I want to say yes, but I also want to clarify. So if nothing happens after I exist, would I still... Um, that would change a lot, because would, would this God still exist? I wouldn't exist. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get this simple. Like, are you, as the crux of this, would I live my life differently? Like, would I, like, you know, go, go crazy and, like, you know, do all kinds of drugs and rock and roll? And <laughs> No, like, no that's not my, that, is, yeah, that is not my question. My question, is, again, the, the question is, right, would you remain a Christian? You can be a Christian and do all of that, and do all of that, right? I don't care about how you would live, live your life. I'm talking about the religious and spiritual affiliation that you have. Would you maintain it? I'm just going to say yes at this point. So if okay. if there's no heaven, no afterlife, all that stuff, but I still believe, you know, everything in the Bible, like, you know, this is the correct God, this is the correct and true Jesus, then if I thought it's true, then I'm not going to be like, well, if I know it's true, I'm, I'm not going to stop doing that. Like, he's still my creator, whether I continue or not. Um, this is my creator. I'm the creation. So I, I don't want to, you know, be Frankenstein's monster here. So, of course, I'm still going to follow you. I'm just going to follow your tenants. Which, by the way, most uh, secular society agrees with like 85% of them. Um, so, yeah, there's no reason to not be a Christian. Uh, that's... Okay, that's, fair uh, enough. No, that, that, that would... That's only true if you assume that religion predicated morality. And I would say that that's not true. I would say many different religions agree on the same morals because people agreed on morals, not because the religion said so. 
I mean, that that's a little weird, but okay. Well, I think we're talking past each other. Like, I, I wasn't talking about morality other than, like, ba basically, that was part of my reason why I wouldn't stop being a Christian. Like, if I think everything is true except the afterlife for me, then I still am not, I mean, I think everything is true. So it's not like I have a, a reason to not believe that. Um, because as far as, as far as morality, which I was, do you get where I was going? Like, it's going to be a pretty easygoing life anyway. Because I'm like, hey, do you think murdering people's wrong? Like, oh, yeah, why? Because I'm a secular humanist or because I'm a Christian. Like, oh, there's the Venn diagram, a lot of those line up. So it's like, do you think stealing and cheating is wrong? Like, yeah. So, I mean, like, there's right, no incentive to not be a Christian. Okay, that's that fair. Point. If you're just saying there's a lot of crossovers, then sure, I could agree yes. to that. That's what I'm saying. But I don't think morality predates religion. But, I mean, that's just, you know, esoteric, my, my opinion. I believe, you know, God who created everything Obviously, morality existed in, in God before there was even people to have these. I did. Right. God's existence doesn't denote the existence of religion, at least not yet. So I, I don't know. I mean, sure, I guess, whatever. And even then, you'd have to account for the morality and all the all the religions that no, that wait, have wait, different wait. gods or or philosophies that don't recognize a deity and all of that. Yeah, hold on. Well, there had to be. He must be right. If if the Bible is is at least correct about um, the fall of the angels or whatever, then some form of rules, which is all morality is, um, had to be in place for uh, for the angels to fall, right? Because they were basically uh, rejecting their father, rejecting God. Or well, sure, disobeying. for the angels, but then then. Then you're either saying that angels, fallen angels, brought humans their concept of morality, or that humans went from amoral to moral, or that humans always had the same moral structures well, and there were no that, shifts in these moralities. But, but hold on, changed but hold over on. Time. With, with the Omni God, though, they they didn't actually do anything wrong either. They had no more choice about it than than man does. It's just all. If you right. say omnis, then the result is playing out. Um, what I'm saying is whether or not it's instituted in religion, it's ever-changing, right? Like there's never been this set code. Otherwise, we'd still be sacrificing our babies. I don't. Okay. okay. I was just <clears throat> well, something for Nate to kind of, but you go ahead. It's cool. Um, geez, a lot was said. Um, well, I mean, a lot of this, no one can prove anything. So first of all like what came first it's like you know if a tree fell in the forest it still make a sound so if god is here existing before angels before anything when he's the only being does morality still exist well i'm going to say yes um because you know morality like you know in, in god being the creator sustainer of everything um isn't dependent on other people to show him what morality isn't so now we can establish some sort of morality like i would say morality exists before anything was created angels people anything but the other thing I say to whoever it was, I didn't get your name. Sorry, I'm not looking at my screen. But the, the girl or the lady was, um, uh, what was it? Well, How yeah, did perhaps like who exist? It, if, yeah. if God is perfect and if God is oh, you're perfect, forget. if God is perfect and all good. How did morality exist before he created anything? How was there anything moral or amoral before okay, there was anything to go against the good? Uh, hang on, that that was not it. I'll, I'll, I'll remember that. But the thing you're talking about is. Morality predates God, or people can be, you'd have to look at all the religions and lack thereof. I said that part for you, because everyone has their own kind of moral code. 
And I'd say, I believe, again, that's just another belief, that everyone is able to do good moral stuff, whether they recognize a God or not, because they're still created in the image of that God. Um, and there's no way to prove that. But I think if that were not the case, you would see a lot of people doing a lot more evil um, if that's imaginable. So the, uh, do you get the point? And it's another claim no one can prove. But the only reason people can be good, quote, good moral atheists without the belief in a God or gods is because they're still creating the image of that God, whether they acknowledge it or not. Didn't you just say that morality existed before God? No. Before people. Well, I mean, that was a little bit of circular reasoning right there. We could also look at the inverse and say that the only reason that people of faith are good is because of naturalism. And if it wasn't for naturalism, they would all be much worse. Yeah, sure. That's another claim that no one can prove. So, I mean, we can put those together and just, you know, leave them alone because no one can really do anything with it. It's just good to think about, to realize yeah. there's not like one answer. It's like, oh, here's another possibility. Every time you say um, nobody could prove anything, I just keep thinking about then why do we put so much stock or why do some people put so much stock in anything associated with the Bible or what, it, a, what it teaches? <laughs> Well, I'm running my water. Let me know if this is too loud. But, I mean, that's not a bad point. I mean, my, my only stake in this, right? I mean, we talk about stuff we can't prove all, all the time. Like, you know, natural science, uh, you know, just look around us. Like, we talk about stuff. We live our lives as though stuff was true based on limited evidence um, when no one can ultimately prove it. Um, yet we still do it because what else are we going to do? Sit, lock ourselves in a room and just, like, sit there all day um so there's that i think it's a, just a natural inclination like you've got to keep putting one foot in front of the other so that would be why but as far as christianity why i mean i guess i don't really try to convince i just explain what you know what i believe and why i believe it um falling in line with jesus right a difference between a christian me and someone who's just like me in every way but maybe not a christian um i'm like well yeah i, I have my beliefs and i believe they're correct so you know i like will i like the people i talk to every day about this stuff um i think they're wrong. And, you know, they think I'm wrong, probably, um, if they have their convictions solidified that, that much yet. Um, so I, I want what's best for them. I want them to, you know, get this eternal life Jesus talks about. So I make my best case. And ultimately, I say it's between you and God. This is what I think. Here's the reasoning I think is decent and on a firm foundation. So take this, um, read the Bible, fact check me, trust but verify. And when you find out I'm telling you what it says, then pray to God and go down that trail. And I'm not going to, like, you know, judge or, you know, anything like that. If they're like, I've done that, like William was saying, how he prayed and cried and all this other stuff. I'm not going to call him a liar. I'm not going to say he didn't do it. I'm just going to say, I think, you know, if you're persistent, like the, the person in the parable Jesus talks about, like this person didn't want to hear the request, but they were so darn persistent. Finally, the judge got up and he's like, fine, fine, I'll help you. I'll hear your case or whatever. So, um, you know, I'm not going to say I know the answer. I know the reason. This is just my sincerely held religious convictions, and I want the best for them. And I'm sure that's what everyone else thinks. That's what Muslims think when they try to, you know, convert me to Islam. That's what, you know, maybe a good moral atheist thinks. Wow, Nate, you're hopefully a decent person, and uh, you're just you'd be even a better person if you didn't waste all this time talking about Jesus stuff. Like, you know, I assume the best intentions for most people. So that I mean, that's my answer. I don't know about everyone else. What's the core of your belief? Is it presuppositionalism, observationalism, or what? Yeah, let me try to wash my hands real fast. I don't want to draw anyone's ears. Let me know if it's too loud. Um, so, I mean, the core of my belief is, well, as far as the presuppositional apologetics, I, I'm not a fan of it because I've not one time in like over a decade seen 
it work in a way that someone's like, yes, you've destroyed my worldview, and now I recognize it can only be your Christian God and the Bible. Um, so now I'll convert. I've just never seen it work. Maybe it's happened somewhere, probably somewhere. I've never seen it. Usually it just gets convoluted and wastes everyone's time, and everyone ends up yelling and screaming at each other. Um, however, as a Christian, I mean, I, I totally believe everything about presuppositional apologetics. And I, I mean, because I was a Christian before I even knew what presuppositional apologetics was. So I'm like, okay, well, you just have to have two big asks. And if you can get people to, to play ball and grant you that, you know, God created the universe and the Bible is his word, well, yeah, presuppositional apologetics will work. Like, as a Christian, I believe that stuff anyway. Um, but that's a huge ask to, to be someone who's, like, non-religious or a different religion. Be like, you believe God, right? Some may say yes. Okay, and the Bible is God's word. Do you accept that? If they accept that, sure, they're a candidate for Christianity. But, I mean, you know, the amount of people, you may as well just be like, just start being a Christian now. Like, th those are really big asks. So that's, anyway, you didn't ask about precept. But my core belief is is the gospel, right? It's the nuts and bolts of Christianity that will get someone eternal life in their creator. So you could write on a postage card. It's like, you know, there's one God, the creator God of the Bible, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jesus. He came from heaven to earth lived a perfect life to absolve us of all of these things we do that are incorrect. Um, you know, regrets, sins, we, crimes, We've heard whatever. the gospel, bro. We've heard the gospel. <laughs> I know. Dude, you, you, literally, you literally just asked me what my core belief is, so I'm running through it for you. Because sometimes I'm like, do you know what the gospel is? They're like, yes, it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm like, wait, that's the gospel. That's not the gospel. It, okay, anyway, so uh, Christian, Christian scholar. Um, but yeah, that, that, that's the core. So if you believe that, the death, burial, resurrection, Ask Jesus, pray to Jesus, make me born again, forgive me, I'm sorry for my sins, I repent, I will try to stop doing the stuff I know I shouldn't do, give me eternal life, great, you're a Christian now. That, that's the core of my belief. Okay, so, so the gospel is the core, but did you derive that from logical inferences or from observationalism and saying, oh yes, when I observe reality, it seems to comport with what all these people have said through all the prophets? Well, first you said, yeah, but making it sound like we're, we're segueing or I didn't answer your question. So, I mean, you asked, you asked the question, right? That is the core. So if we're talking well, about no, a I new topic ask, now. I, wait, wait, wait. I didn't ask what your core was. I asked, how, what, how did you arrive at your core? Was it this or was it that that brought you to that? So that was the real question. Okay. Then I guess I misheard you. I thought you said, what was my core? Was it pre-stop or whatever? Um, so what brought me to what yes. I just said? Yes. I mean, the totality of my existence. So, you know, I can say I was brought up in church. I, I learned all the church stories uh, when I wasn't playing video games and sleeping under the pews. So, you know, you can say I wasn't, you know, a, a total adherent of everything. Um, so I grew up in the church. I knew their stories. When I was more of a teenager in high school years, I looked at other philosophies. I looked at other stuff. Um, it didn't go very far before. I'm just like, no, this, this, is, this is nonsense. Um, and then I wanted to, you know, test or find out as best I could whether these stories and what I believed I knew was actually true. So, um, you know, I, I read the Bible again, read it a couple times, um, especially around the parts of Christ. And it kept coming back to, you know, seek and you'll find, pray to Jesus. And it was about this relationship to God. So I'm like, okay, well, Jesus says do this and this. So I did that and that. And there was like, you know, everyone has their personal experiences, uh, not super weird. But I'm like, you know what, this, this resonates like something in my spirit um, that I, I believe exists. Um, it just resonates like this Bible is true. This is the word of God. 
I just know that I, I like gnostically know this. Uh, can't prove it to someone. But anyways, then my experience through my whole life has just like kind of confirmed and confirmed. If someone could say confirmation bias, sure, say that. It's still my mm -hmm. subjective evidence. And um, I think okay. subjective is not a bad word. Um, we use it okay. all the time. And if you're someone who cannot trust themselves to make any decisions without peer-reviewed papers, God help you, because most of us do it just fine all day long. No, so you've heard anyway, of it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, anyway, but so all that to say, that's why I arrived at my core, the totality of my existence. Right. And, and I'm happy with your answer. If you would have grown up Muslim reading the Quran and then you would have gone into your teens and, and researched the Hadiths and come up with the same response <laughs> you did, would you still be a confirmed Muslim? If I was a Muslim and yeah, if you grew up, up as a Muslim, you, you grew up reading the Quran in your teens when you said you were looking into yeah. this other stuff. If then you got into the Hadiths and done all the same thing, would you now say, okay, everything that I've seen in my life shows me I don't need an intercessor, that God is the only God, that this is what I need to believe, and you'd be a confirmed Muslim? Maybe. I mean, if I wasn't in that scenario, okay. there's no I'm way to know. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's just no way to know. I mean, you know, I could point to the anecdotal evidence of, you know, look up the Google, the guy that said, you know, uh, what was it? Seeking Islam, finding Jesus. So that's a counter to what you said. Right. And that's and we have all examples. So no one's got to head up. Yeah. We're all on equal ground. So you, this is a guy who really, really sought after the Muslim Allah, peace be upon him, uh, mm -hmm. but ended up finding Jesus. Um, and you could find Christians that go to atheism, atheists that go to Muslims. Um, so, I mean, no one has a no one has a bragging right. point on that. That's a mixed match. But where the evidence leads. Right. Sure including subjective experience. I mean, that's why you see, yeah. So ultimately but make up your mind. But experience yeah. is not a plumb line from truth though. Well, it's also not um, a polar opposite against it. Like, you know, you can, you can arrive no. at facts for all kinds of bad reasoning. I mean, <laughs> you, you wouldn't want to, but you can. No. But what makes you think you're, you're right and every other faith is wrong? The totality of my experience. Right, and then it goes back to everyone else. They can make the same claim in a different yeah. faith. Yes. Right. So, and okay. I, I'm sure, like, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm, like, more sincere than they are. I bet there's people out there that are even, like, more sincere than me. So, I mean, I guess ultimately it would be like, well, you know, I would hate to be in this situation. Oh. But, but sincerity has nothing to do with it. Sincerity has nothing to do with it. Let me jump in. Right, that's what I'm saying. Let me jump in. Nate, so you, you'd like the entirety of your experience, and you know, if you could sum up your life, like since you've been a, a Christian or whatever, what, how would you sum up the thing that keeps you like believing that this is it? Like what are these events and things that are happening that you feel like God is, is pulling you through? Well, I was doing that and got yelled at to stop because I was taking too long. <laughs> and, you know. Well, I mean, it's just it's just polite to know when to take a breath and let other people talk. I'm just okay, putting that just out. Like I'm doing now. now well, well, hold on, hold on. If you if you look at it, he, he we reintroduced everybody back in here, but I had it down to a manageable level. It's everybody is kind of sitting here like picking him apart. He's doing really well. He hasn't complained about it once. But I I I'm more interested in like a summary like in a in a nutshell like what what do you think god is doing with you like you've been on this path with, with god for a while you've seen things that obviously have confirmed your faith like i guess doing good brings good or like what are what are 
give me like a, in a nutshell kind of thing. Sure. In the quickest nutshell I can, um, I believe the Bible has, you know, based on me exercising little faith way back when, um, the Bible has proven itself more reliable and more trustworthy, where at first, um, you know, back in the days of religious discussion, right? Like back uh, when we started doing Google Plus and people, I didn't know what apologetics was. I'm just like, yeah, I'm a Christian. Here's what I think. Here's why I think it. Um, so often they'd be like, well, let's check this out. Let's check this out. Here's a contradiction. Here's a controversy. And every single time, it was back when Google Plus, you could live share your screen. So I'm like, all right. I mean, I don't care if the Bible's false today. I guess let's find out. Like maybe I'm not going to be an inerrant biblical Christian anymore um, because I, I didn't care. Right. Like I just want to know what is the closest to truth we can get to. So I'm like, all right, well, let's see. So, you know, we spent hours like researching and going through different quote contradictions and different inaccuracies in the Bible, supposedly. And every time, like more times than not, <clears throat> you would just have to read a few verses before or after and be like, oh, well, the Bible just, you know, cleared up that quote contradiction. There's not one. So anyways, my faith in the Bible, just from reading it in real time over and over. So at this point, I would say that was pretty faith building. It doesn't mean God exists or not. But as far as the textual criticism of the Bible, um, yeah, it's held up to everything. Like I, I now it's rare that someone presents something that um, I haven't heard a thousand times and be like, yeah, this is the answer. It's easily explained. Also doesn't mean it's true, but it means it's very logically and easily explained. As far as the God part, the spirituality, yes, like whenever I did this, and there's two two distinct times, and I'll try to take a breath. Um, there was two distinct times. One says, you know, pray and seek God, and, you know, he'll make his home with you and all that stuff and have fellowship with you. Um, and the Holy Spirit will live with you and guide you to truth and understanding and all that. Well, there was one time when I, I um, <clears throat> was pursuing and seeking and, you know, I, I prayed and I was praying the prayer and I thought I was really, really sincere. And I'm like, all right, Jesus, like, I want to know if, you know, this is true. Like, I don't care. I just want to know if you're there, blah, blah, blah. Let me know, and whatever. And I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good about that. But, you know, nothing, nothing tangible, nothing noticeable happened. And then I was still doing that. I'm like, you know, I mean, I, I guess I kind of still believe in this, but nothing happened. I would expect something to happen. So one more time, I, I was like, okay, let's do this again. And I, I was going to, you know, I was still seeking and I'm like, you know, looking at other books, other, uh, not Hinduism, Buddhism, other stuff, like philosophies. And I'm like, man, Jesus, you know, and I was about to say or pray or something like, I just want to know if like the same thing I've done before, um, except this time, like after it happened, I could tell like my, my heart, whatever posture was in a different place. Um, and before I could even like finish that line of thought in my head or pray that prayer, um, something just like, I don't know open like another sense nothing weird nothing woo but just like oh huh, i guess this is what they're talking about or this is what god's talking about and it's just like this spiritual realization and without people who acknowledge that which most religions will um it's not unique to christianity the spiritual world they're like oh we know what you're talking about you just have a wrong god um but with people who deny the spiritual existence the best we can relate it to is like gut feeling or intuition which is miserably short um, and then they say, well, why should I believe that's just intuition or gut feeling? I'm like, well, that's the best we can do to convey it to you. But it really is like this other other sixth sense. It's just like, yes, this resonates. There is a spiritual world. All this is true. And the Bible is the representation of the word of God. And, you know, those two things combined, like the historicity of the Bible, naturally speaking, has stood up the test of thousands of years and the spiritual part that I couldn't shake if I tried. Um, so even if I decided I wasn't going to be a Christian, I'd have to think, well, maybe I was crazy for all these years, even though I function pretty well in society, um, or I've got the wrong religion and I need to go after a different God. Um, but if the I, Bible I could be shown to be scientifically inaccurate. <clears throat> would you change your mind? I mean, <laughs> on one hand, I'll just give a big, wide yes. But as quick as I do that, um, 
I mean, that's not going to happen because everyone's got their interpretations, okay. right? So like okay. in Isaiah, when it talks about the circle of the earth and they say, see, it's a flat earth. I'm like, no, you're stupid. Circle can mean sphere. Look it up in the Hebrew. How long is a day? Uh, yeah, 24 hours. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and apparently, apparently, this is Nate. This is Nate in a nutshell. Just let that sink in. You know, it, it's Are you funny saying because... Nate has a big nut shell? Here's something interesting, right? Because uh, I, I remember, I remember my my pastor. I act. I I had some questions about um, um about praying, right? And um, you know, it was just one of those things. I had asked her, you know, why why is it that people always pray for stuff that they can get themselves, right? So she's like, if you notice um, throughout the Bible. Um, people do ask for things, but God rarely gives them anything just to give them anything, especially in the Old Testament. He always put them in a position for them to earn whatever they wanted. Right. And, you know, then she proceeds to say, God don't like lazy. And so it's one of those things where, where if, you know, I'm of the position that when I do pray, I I thank, I my praying is mainly praying for others, right? Hoping that they will, um, you know, get good health and being able to pursue the things that they want to do that's good for them, right? Um, and I pray to give thanks for what I have. I know what it feels to literally have nothing, right? Um, but at the end of the day, to me. I think the idea that people treat God as a genie is, has always been strange to me because that was never that was never really shown in the Bible. Elijah. Someone said something. Well, it just made me think. I think it was Elijah, and what was it on the King's Road in the Old they Testament? Have are you talking about Elijah and Ahab? What are you talking about? Who, who, who was it on the King's Road that asked for a sign to for for, for God in the Old Testament to light the light the wet wood on fire? Yeah, that was Elijah and the prophets of Baal, and also yeah, Gideon asked for signs too. First Kings eighteen. Yeah. So I mean, again, right? Is it a situation where they're asking for something personal or for a demonstration of something? A demonstration. Okay, so is it because the way how I look at how you would use a gene is for like a personal request? Maybe that's my like misunderstanding, but that's you know, but that's how I always looked at it. And so I never really, I never really got that from the Bible. Now I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Of course it exists um, in the Bible. There are various um, situations that you can point to, right? So I'm not saying it's some. It, these events don't exist at all, but it seems like um, people mostly had to do the work to, to achieve whatever goals um, they want to, right? But the thing is, too, what you'll notice is that people will tr try to achieve certain goals, but they'll fall short for whatever reason. Mainly, like for example, you know, King Solomon, King David, and you know, the the whole lot of them, right? Some of the prophets, 
So it's I do find that part very interesting, like how that man uh, how that manifested as a culture within Christianity, as in like using God as Jesus. Does anyone know at any point that that particular phenomena started? I don't know, but I mean I agree with you. Ask and it shall be given to you. No, <laughs> right. <laughs> well, right. I was gonna. I was going to mention that, right? Like one thing it says, you know, if you have the faith of the size of mustard seed, you can, you know, throw mountains into water and, you know, ask and it'll be given. But then if you keep reading, you know, it talks about, well, what kinds of things should we pray for? And it's all like, you know, for, for the will of God. So it's like, well, our, on one hand, it says anything. On the other hand, it says, well, yeah, pray, you know, like this and pray for God's will to be done. So um, does anything really mean anything? I mean, can I pray for something bad to happen and expect it will? Why well, wouldn't think that for a second? Well, what if you pray and ask God's will to be done, and it's something that'll screw you over? That's God's will, okay? Like wipe out your family. I don't know. It's hard to think that Job would have prayed that, but I mean, you know, if he did, I mean, that's kind of what happened. Maybe that's an example of what you're talking about, but I mean, it turns out things were pretty good in the end. Wait a minute. What is, okay, you, you do subscribe to the omni-God, right, Nate? Omnipotent, omniscient. I'll- yeah, um, all the the big omnis, the three, Omnip- yeah, omnipresent and all that. Okay, so, uh, oh shit, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> uh, problem of evil, probably that's where we're going. Because I mean, it, he you can't satisfy the problem of evil with that belief. Oh yeah, or can you? Oh, well, how how can there be any choice, or and what would prayer do? The, prayer would be useless. It would be if if that's true. The omni god and you know knowing everything for all times unchangeable not you know there's no prayer that's going to change what he's doing so when you say well as long as you pray in his will it's going to happen well even if you whether you pray or not it's going to happen because it's his will right well maybe but there's a whole lot of like philosophical completely worthless for salvation uh, trails we can go down so I, i usually check out when this happens but since it's me doing it um okay fine um I do have limited time, though. I should have been gone by now. But yeah, so like the problem evil, right? If God is our best possible world or whatever, like if God is all-powerful, right? That just means anything he wants to do, there's nothing, nothing his equal, nothing can challenge him, nothing can stop him. However, that doesn't mean from the scriptures, you know, he absolutely dominates every single molecule. And that's a difference between, you know, free will or um, um, D word, determinism. That's the difference in free will and determinism. Does God absolutely force everything or does he have like different wills like you see in the Bible? He's like, you know, I'm going to mess the terms up. But it's like basically his perfect will, the will that's going to absolutely happen. And then his permissive will where, you know, he wants like Second Peter says, he, God is not slow in fulfilling his promises. but he... Convenient. Is it already decided who's going to heaven and who's going to hell? He broke. He broke uh, like he was oh. disobeying him. He says God wants this to happen, but, but not talking. to a point where. Oh, uh, what? Now we have a connection. You, bro, you cut out. And you're still talking. Well, of course he didn't know he cut out clockwork, man. Yeah. He's back. Come on. I came back inside. Am I good now? Okay. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Yes. Yeah, there was just a moment where we, we lost you. So please continue. How would I know I cut out? Man. Um, anyways, so, yeah. If, if you, The only way you can say it's a problem is if God is powerful and people are resisting him and he's powerless to stop it, then he's not omnipotent. But I believe that God wants certain things like revelation. If you look at revelation, 
I believe that's absolutely going to happen. God is going to dominate that and make those prophecies fulfilled and make the income um, in heaven and the ever after. Like there's no way around that because that's what God is absolutely going to do. Um, but then God's permissive will, like he wants us to repent, recognize and follow him. But if we, uh, if we say no and we reject God, um, it's not God not being powerful enough to do it. He's just not willing to do that. I believe at the expense of our free will. My question, my question would be like, if that's the case, then why, why would why would someone pray for God's will to be done? Because it sounds like, I mean, like it, God's will is always done. Oh, that's a good point. That's that's where yeah. William was going a minute ago. Exactly. Okay, so William, right? So when we pray, when we pray, right? No one is going to have any idea how to prove anything I'm about to say on either side. So that's why it's worthless for salvation. Repent and believe and be saved. But if we're not willing to do that. Let's talk about this. So, um, and this is where all these premises have to be true in order for this to make any sense. And there's no way to know. So if we're praying, we're, we're actualizing this in real time. So if I, if I, if God knows I'm going to pray 20 minutes from now, I, I don't have any plans to do that. But if God knows I'm going to pray 20 minutes from now, and I'm going to pray for his will to be done or for something to happen or for, you know, a loved one to, you know, get better from an injury or something like that, that I just find out about after this call. Um, does that mean I'm actualizing and changing anything in present time. And God's like, oh man, I'm sure glad he prayed. Otherwise I couldn't have done that. Um, or does that mean just because we operate in linear time, could we, even before we were born, before we created, basically made all of our choices, freely chosen to pray all of our decisions based on everything that w was going to happen because God knows everything's going to happen. So then by the time we're actually a human, it just kind of plays out and all of our decisions are made. So when we pray, it's not me, even though I think it's me just now acting on data and praying for something in real time. God's always known it's done in some way. I've always made that prayer before I was even created. And of course, there's no way to say that. But I mean, you know, that quickly gets around this conundrum. But no one knows what's true. All those premises have to be true. And no one knows it. Now we've just wasted everyone's time. So repent and believe. I oh, know. Is God powerful enough to save everyone? If he wanted. Uh, so, yes. I mean, if you're saying, if could God force everyone to, to be saved? Sure. No, is God. I, I believe that. Power, no, no, no force. Is God powerful enough to save everyone? Yeah. But in your belief, he doesn't. Uh, yeah. Why? People's if he's powerful choice. enough to, if he's power. Oh, so people's choice overrides people's God's choice. will and desires? Wait, I know I wasn't cutting out. I just answered this like for the last three minutes. So my yeah. question is, how does knowledge still makes no sense? How does knowledge negate free will? Can I answer the other thing? I'll try to nutshell it. So uh, free will, like your choices, don't negate God's power. That's what I'm saying. If God wanted to make everyone, he could drag them to heaven, kicking and screaming, "No!" He could do that. No one is powerful enough to resist God. However, God. No, your free will is an illusion, Nate. Because God's already predetermined who's going. He already knows ahead of time. You already stated that. So any free will of yours, the choices for Jesus or not, is all an illusion. Did I just drop the mic? I don't know, but it seems totally uh, legit. And Brojo, when you said saved... Were you talking about saved, like, uh, spiritually, like we talk about salvation saved, or are you talking about saved, like, not having... Um, no, afterlife, to heaven. Uh, 
everybody going to heaven. Okay, got it. Yeah. Is Nate still here? Oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. There you are. Yeah, his signal dropped a little bit. I guess. Was uh, was any? Do you feel that anything uh, that you were saying was not completed? Do you do you need to complete any thoughts that were in process from before? <laughs> no, I think I'm good. Hmm. I mean, right, do you guys hear everything? That falling out thing of the mic and stuff. I just want to make sure. Yeah, he does. You you might not have known, but you dropped out a little bit. Uh, so it just sounded oh, to us like you ended abruptly, and we're just now hearing from you again. Oh, wonderful. I don't know what's happening. Uh, no, I, I think I'm good. I mean, as long as you guys heard what I said, I mean, I'd hate to think I'm wasting, you know, wasting our breath. And no one's hearing the conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, we get we got most we got a lot of it. You were nutshelling. I remember. And uh, I, I think yeah. everybody was lined up yeah. to ask you questions. <laughs> I, I cannot I can't see. Um, uh, I still haven't been given any really good reason for to believe, except if I'm going to be afraid of going to a <clears throat> hell that I have no that I see no evidence of it existing. Well, I mean, so the reason I, would be truth. Like if you're in pursuit in pursuit of truth, like forget. Ooh, hell, the, you, what is truth? What is truth? Can well, before we get there, by the way, can you still hear well, me? We haven't defined our terms here. <laughs> hang, hang on, technical yeah. point. Can you still hear me? As I, wait, I I'm trying to walk. Yes, yeah. yeah. and I, I hope I'm not it. too loud. I'm away from the mic too. <laughs> no, I, I haven't done it yet. My question is, I don't know if the mic is picking up from my phone or my headset. So I'm walking away from my phone now. So am I getting fainter, or is it working no, from my headset? You're, you're good. It's, it's okay. Consistent. Good. That's okay. Um, so yeah, okay. Before we get to all that stuff. Um, uh, forget hell. You shouldn't necessarily be scared into heaven. I mean, I think it's a pretty good deterrent. I think Jesus talks about it a lot for a warning. Not like be bad or else, but I'm a, like I'm your loving creator. Don't go this way. This is the right way. Um, but if you never hear anything about hell, it's like, well, here's a bunch of truth claims. So your interest in pursuing this Christ of the Bible would be he makes truth claims. So that's your reason. Whether or not you believe it's true or not, that would be a reason, not just hell scary, fire bad. Right, so why should I believe it's true? Because you've outside done what the of guys... words, outside outside of words in the in the Bible, that's because ultimately that's really what it comes down to. Nate, it comes down to words in a book. Do I believe these words to be uh, credible, true, coming from a, a source of authority, um, of you know, credibility? You know, all, all in the end, all we have really is hearsay and experience. And I think for most Christians, and I speak for myself, it's the experience experiences we have through the lens of the uh, religion of the culture we're grown up in, and then that experience just magnifies that ult that first belief that we initially had, and so ultimately it's just words, it's words in a book. So again, evidence for hell, even evidence for resurrection, outside of the words, is what people need. This is what I think people need to believe. They need to see evidence of the well, claims okay. that be made. Well, so if you just read the book, words in the book, I mean, it's easy to relate. And it doesn't matter if you believe the stories or not. It's, it's easy to find examples of where similar stuff in, in your probably personal experience. You've been watching a group of people peer reviewing papers or something and saw people who are just unwilling to believe empirical evidence in front of them. So, I mean, even if you think the story is fiction, the experiences you undoubtedly can relate in your own life. So like the experience of the Pharisees, when people say, I need evidence, I need proof, put Jesus in front of me and I will believe. 
there is no guarantee of that. There's just as much guarantee you would all of a sudden start believing in the spiritual world full of demons, and that's what you believe in now, but not Jesus. Because the story goes, um, you know, the, that's exactly what happened to the Pharisees that we've talked about. So just saying you need evidence, and I would say, I mean, evidence isn't bad. It's not like we have blind faith. I think that's another misconception. It's like, you know, did Abraham have, like, did he really go plan on killing his kid? Or this is after, you know, he had lots of experience, empirically so, just the kind you say you want, with God existing and showing up and talking to him a long time. And then he says, so he knows God. He knows his personality, he knows his personality, he knows his character. And now he says, hey, you know, sacrifice your son. So, and he knows that lying is bad. He knows he'd be displeasing God if he lies to his son. So the whole story, it's like, does he have blind faith in God? Or is he like, yep, the Lord will provide a sacrifice. Ha, 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 it's really you. Um, or was he like, no, I know this God. I have a reasonable expectation that the Lord will provide a sacrifice who is not you. So I think your faith builds and your faith grows. And can you imagine after that, when probably, I'm guessing, what Abraham's surmise would happen happened, now his faith probably went like, you know, well, he's like, wow. Um, yeah. Okay, all right, wait. Now, yeah. if that if that was the case and he gets there to do the sacrifice, and on that off chance, the guy's like, well, go on. Do you think he would have gone through with it? Who knows? I mean, if he would have, maybe that would be a totally different God and would have a totally new religion. Yeah. Why? Why did he say? Why did he save Abraham's son, but not Jephthah's daughter? Uh, there's different interpretations, right? Human interpretations. Um, one is to illustrate. I mean, I mean, so the worst thing is, yeah, he he went through with it, and you know, the daughter's willing. By the way, so uh, a couple things. She's like, you know, let it be done. You made a promise. So all throughout the law, you know, we're told don't make vows like this to the Lord. Um, and sure enough, like this guy who totally knew that wanted to win this battle or whatever so bad that he did what the law says don't do. And he made these vows that he should not be making. So you could say it's a, well, punishment for crimes. But then you have the daughter who says, well, if this is what you said, let it be done. And then it says like the, the daughter, I, I, you may want to pull that up. I'm not sure if it's, it leaves it open ended, but it says something like, let me go up to the mountains and uh, settle my affairs and I'll like be back in a couple of days. Um, so I, I think, unless I'm misremembering that, I think it kind of leaves it open-ended. So some could say, yeah, she knows her dad's going to kill her. She freaking took off. Um, so that's the best case. Worst case, um, yeah, God means stuff. So if he says don't make vows and you made a stupid vow, well, sucks for you. Um, but, you know, now presumably if that did happen, the daughter's in heaven. And she's like, oh, yeah, if I could go back and live, you know, 50 more years or 30 more years before some tribe rapes and murders me. Um, or if I could just have my life prematurely cut short and I've been in heaven for thousands of years, I'll take that one. Okay, Who but knows? Nate, Nate, talking about that sacrifice with Abraham, the question at that point was obedience over morality. Okay, and so and it's so weird that, that Abraham being willing to do this thing, to be obedient. I mean, I would have, I don't care what the God is and what he's done for me. If he's like, kill your son that I gave you, I'd be like, Nah, you made me his protector, and I just I'm not gonna do that. You you know, take him your, yourself. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna. That's fuck shit. Okay, you know well I mean? go. Well, since we're talking about you know lots of hypotheticals, go with me, right? I will admit this is a wild hypothetical, but I mean it's totally possible. So William, if you and this all comes back to worldview, right? Do you believe a god that's like a demigod or just more powerful than you, or like an angel, or a god that really has charge of every single molecule? Let's say that one. Let's say it's the god of Abraham. So this, this guy, Abraham, totally knows this God is control of everything, totally expects to live with him eternally. So uh, when God says do this, 
in, I mean, everyone wants to focus on the bad, human sacrifice, which, you know, do that. That's fine. But let's not forget the other, I don't know, happier side of things. So, William, if you had Abraham's view, God, what he says goes, is your best interest at heart. Um, so he says, you, do you kill your kid? And you're like, no, and thumb your face at God because that's evil. And then finding out your kid like has some terrible, horrible disease and it's an excruciating pain until he dies um, and probably curses you for it and maybe like curses God for it too and gets struck dead and sent to hell. Um, or would you feel like, okay, well, I don't know the reason. And then you do it and you're like, wow, I feel bad. I just killed that. And then I don't know, God shows up or angels like, Hey, you, you did well, blah, blah, blah. This is what was going to happen. And because you're obedient, now your child is waiting for you in heaven. And I, I know that sounds ridiculous. Okay. Let so me answer. Answer. Well, also it does go to the other side. Go on. No, no, uh, it's done. Okay. So, so in that, in that predicament, whatever it is, if it tells me to kill my kid, the answer is that's immoral. I can't do that. I mean, my, the conscience that I have, I mean, even if it is the God that could send me to hell forever and ever and all times, or the creator of all things, even with the ability to bring it back, but I'm going to do, I'm going to protect my child. That's what I'm going to do. And I mean, if it means he's going to curse the kid, well, I'm not going to preemptively kill the kid because he might curse the kid. If he curses the kid and the kid is suffering, you know, then, I'm, then I'll do what I need to do. And if that's what he wants to do, then I'll at least know that about his character, that he's willing to do that, and I still won't worship him. Well, for my happy scenario, it wasn't he was going to cause that. It was that was going to happen anyway, and this was basically preventing that. And you talked about, you know, killing is always immoral. Or I don't know if you said always, but like, it seemed like you were saying that. Well, okay, sure, sure. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, I mean, you know, there's that. Um, but, I mean, William, I promise if we were, like, in the trenches together and I had half my body blown off, I'd be like, I, I may be like, William, just kill me. And if you're like, no, and I you would, must and live. I would. Wait, wait, right, right. But I would say, if you tried to save me, I would probably call you evil and be like, no, this is immoral. You keeping me alive is so immoral right now. Like, just end it. Okay, but there was no indication that Abraham had this idea that he was doing anything to benefit his son. Sure. The idea he was he was going to sacrifice his son, and this is kind of like that. Uh, if, if you're you know, just following orders and you do some atrocious thing, does that does that fall on your conscience? And I think it does. I don't care where the orders come from. If you do something that, that offends your conscience like that, then, I mean, that's wrong. That, that, that's fucking wrong. Well, right. I mean, it ultimately comes down to who do you trust and how much do you trust them? If this is the creator that owns everything and stabilizes everything, I mean, that seems like a pretty good place to put your faith in. That they, I mean, you know, because at every turn, God has blessed and helped Abraham. So it would not make sense that this is the one time he's going to be like, ha, kill your kid, sucker. So it's right, like, so if, if you, if you, well, well, we don't know Abraham, though. We don't know Abraham's mind. Right, but what if you're he, God, if you're God, what, do you, what would you rather see from your, what are you looking for? Are you looking for him to be obedient or are you looking for him to be moral as your son? As your son now. Right, but that depends on which one of these things is correct. They're not mutually exclusive. Like you could do something, you could do something um, that's obedient and moral. You don't know. The point is, it's like, well, I'm having faith in God. So faith in this God, who I, I believe is not going to have me do anything immoral, and He's also asking me to do something that seems pretty darn immoral. Um, am I going to trust my own mind that I, I know how much I don't know, or am I going to have faith in this God who's shown me goodness at every turn? And even though it seems immoral to me, am I going to trust God? Like, I agree with you on a human level that to follow orders is not a good excuse. Like, you know, people 
in wars who are like, I was just following orders of my commander. No, because that's not an excuse. Nuremberg told us that because, uh, you know, they're they're putting their faith. They're following orders of a human commander who also is a fallible human. If we're talking about the creator and sustainer of everything in existence, it's quite different. That is the only difference. Well, I mean, I guess I'd just yeah. be looking for something different and because I would be looking for some my, my, my son or friend to have the integrity to stand up to me no matter what if I was asking him to do something immoral. That's, that's what I would have been, and I'm not God. But if as I, I think I'm a decent man, and I think that's what I would be wanting to see from a follower that he's like, at no point will I... Like, well, like I do human sacrifice to anyone since that would be in line if I'm Yahweh with the later things where he's condemning it. So that's all I'm saying. It just so, seems like a weird thing. Do you ever think that the ram was provided because he failed the test and not because he passed it? Uh, what do you mean? It seems like he, I mean, the story goes. Like, as, a, like as, a, as, a, as another option is a second way out. Oh, so like if he would have. What failed his test and not no, had like faith in the idea that he would sacrifice his child was a fail, and the ram was provided as the second way out. Do you ever consider that? Sure, it's worth considering. I mean, there's no way to know. But I agree with what William just said, though. Like he said, that's the only difference between his friend and God. And I'd say, yeah, we agree on that. That is the difference. I think that's the crux of the difference. But as far as the second way out, I mean, that's. That's just like all the other stuff we're talking about. It's just other hypotheticals that nobody, no one knows. At best, he's traumatizing the, the, the shit out of Abraham. Like, just, just racking him with, with, with misery and, and hurt because of, of this, only to go, gotcha. I mean, and that's just the benevolent side of the story. Like, if you want to look at it like that, a big old psych house. You, he, Abraham got punked. Well, that has to be true. So you'd have to bring up the ghost of Abraham and be like, were you really traumatized? Perhaps it'd be like, yes, God is evil or whatever, and I serve an evil God. I don't know. I mean, that would probably be the worst case scenario. The other happier side would be, oh, ghost of Abraham, how are you thinking? He's like, what? Who says God's evil? Of course God's not evil. That person, you know, is crazy. He's like, Unless... no, I totally, God's my pal. He hung around with me, told me my descendants were going to outnumber the stars in the heavens and the grains of sand. So, no, I totally, you know, believe God was going to bring me through this and you know, give me all these descendants. That's why I have Isaac. And look at all my offspring because of that. So, I mean, unless that you bring up Abraham's ghost. That is great because what he did for me. That's wonderful. Yeah, well, I mean, that's like a, a whole lot of special pleading. Well, I, wait, I that's a category shift. Wait, well, hang on. No, I, no, I, get, no I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. I was just being facetious. Don't worry about it. <laughs> But what I heard, what I thought I heard you say was that if God had allowed Abraham to go through with it, then it might lead you to believe or think that it wasn't, it was a different God or not the real God. But then when, when Jephthah did go through with it, it was his fault because he sinned. And I feel like, like if Abraham had actually gone through with it, then it would, it would have been his fault because of his sin. Or like you said, it, it would have been a different God. Just as in like when, when people say like the, the crux of Christianity. Christianity is is the resurrection but then once someone points out to you and by the way if if you're truly on a quest for truth and someone points out to you that Christ was not resurrected and that goes against the truth that you learned but you still keep the faith it just makes me it just makes me wonder hmm yeah it, it, it just it just makes me wonder 
I mean, I guess I don't know what else to say other than, you know, Paul agrees with you, and I agree too. I mean, I think sometimes, and it's all different people, right? Like some people say they're scared, um, they have to follow God because they're scared of the dark, they're scared of dying and need something to believe in. Other people will say it's, I mean, whatever reason, but I mean, believe me, even though you don't know me, as much as you can when I say, I don't care what truth is, I just want to be informed and... Hang on. I thought that I thought that it was all about truth. I thought that, you, that this was all about what's true. And then when when you found out that Jesus lied and the Bible lied and he didn't get res- resurrected in, in this hypothetical, it's not a problem. Oh, you didn't let me finish this while you have that understanding. So what I was saying is so when we're talking about truth, I want to be as accurate as I can. So if I truly um, my the spirit thing, I think I'm talking about the all the evidence of the Bible if we find out there's new text like unearthed somewhere and it's like a, a secret council, it's like, yes, we want to have control of the world's populace and Christianity is a horrible way to do it. It's free, it costs nothing. And it says, you know, just follow the government, but assuming they're like, yes, let's dominate the world with religion. They have, and we find all these writings and they're authenticating all the stuff. Then. Yeah. Um, I think I'll, I'll, you know, you could say I'll, I'll deconstruct as will is or have a crisis of faith or something like that. Um, but I want to pursue what's true. So I would scrutinize these things as best I can uh, with whatever tools I have. And if I, I think they're lying, I'd be like, well, they're lying. If I really believe there's evidence and this did happen back in the first century, I'd be like, okay, well, I've been deceived. All right. I um, guess I'll just be a good human the rest of my life. But like That's what when, I'm you, when, when you were presented with the evidence in the hypothetical that Jesus did lie and he was not resurrected, I thought you said you would keep your faith. Uh, no, I'm not sure what happened there, but maybe we talks past each other or I misheard something, but no, if I, if I, if I really believe that, you know, Jesus lied and he was just another guy, um, why, why would I believe a lie? And that's like, Paul, I was saying Paul agrees with you. Like Paul says, you know, Christians should be the most pitied of all creatures. If uh, Mm. Christ didn't resurrect because that they're like suffering for nothing. They're being martyrs for nothing. They're being torn apart by lions and the arenas for nothing. They're being persecuted for nothing because if Christ didn't die and resurrect, they're all believing a lie. And I agree with him, and it sounds like you do too. No one wants to believe a lie. So you can believe that at least all the people, the apostles who were martyred, um, you may not say being a martyr makes it true, but being a martyr definitely seems to suggest that they really, really, really believe it. Because <laughs> who's going to die for a lie? Knowingly. I mean, I'm not. Maybe somewhat I'm not. <laughs> Well, this is fun, Will. Uh, well, it has been, man. You've really weathered the storm, haven't you? Well, you know, repent and believe. You, you went from a one-on-one to like a one-on-nine. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Nate. Sure, thanks for the conversation. I'm hoping that you'll come back more often. I should probably be a little more proactive in letting you know when I'm going to do these things. Yeah, I mean, I, I do I do my own podcast thing around – well, it's usually ended by now, but yeah. So maybe maybe I'll carve out a day and. Uh, Why don't you whatever. tell everybody where they can find you uh, outside of my stream? Don't mind. Don't mind. Maybe I'll haunt your dreams. That's where you can find me. Crikey! Um, <laughs> Will, are you still going, Will? I'm. I'm... Uh, yeah, I did it. I don't know if it shows up. It's askachristian.podbean.com. You can find the podcast there, and I'm on. Like, check out Bitshoot dot com slash ask a christian rumble.com slash ask a christian yeah so i, I do this on clubhouse which sucks um because there's so many technical glitches and problems 
Well, you definitely, um, you've got mixed support, you know, <laughs> and that's natural. I, and, and I, I don't even know what the comments said. I'm not even looking at the comments. Were they, <laughs> were they unkind? <laughs> some, and some weren't. Some were actually like uh, Kelvy out <clears throat> here. He's got his own stream that he does with a gentleman like, uh, like himself, uh, Paul. And they, they, I think that they are wanting me to feel more at home. I'm wanting you to feel at home with the Christians in this community. So that I can finally see a Christian like yourself debate uh, Jill. I would love, I'd love to see that. <laughs> not because it's difficult for you, not at all. It, it'll just be very entertaining because he's kind of an ass. <laughs> I've exposed all my dirty plans right up front so everyone knows where I'm at with this. <laughs> I hope you're listening, Jill. I'm trying to, I'm trying to set you up. <laughs> but, <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, I, it's really sporadic when I do these things, but yours is a pretty regular schedule, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm I'm probably going to shut it down because I have about uh, three errands that I'm behind on for today that I need to get done. But uh, if I come back any time, uh, you know, within reasonable time, I will start up another stream because I do want to uh, finish this thing about Lionheart. Even though we've already done it, I, I want to try and find some more Christians to come in and, and, and watch it with me. So <laughs> I'll, I'll check back then. Well, it's good to chat with you guys. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and end the stream. Thanks everybody. And we'll catch up with you later. Thanks to this illustrious panel. Good day.